Hi, everyone. John Branning here, welcoming you to my podcast, This Week at the Trump Poems. I've got four Trump poems to share with you this week, reflecting on continued confusion and contradictions regarding this administration's response to the pandemic, Trump's appearance in a town hall which can charitably be described as disastrous, Bill Barr equating stay-at-home orders with slavery, and finally, Mitch McConnell's waste-not-a-moment response to the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, let's get started, shall we? Embattled CDC Director Robert Redfield testified to Congress that, even under the best circumstances, a coronavirus vaccine wouldn't be widely available until late second or early third quarter of 2021. He also said masks provided a greater defense against the spread of the virus than the vaccine would. Trump immediately contradicted Redfield's testimony and added to the confusion throughout the week, desperately trying to salvage his chance at re-election. The Trump poem about this is called Ignorance's Blitz. The vaccine is coming along in October. One stick from a needle, this plague will be over. So once everyone has been inoculated, votes mailed in for Biden will all be vacated. This pending election I'm sure to prevail in, as long as I get my hands on all the mail-in and votes unsolicited, since they will clearly cut into my chances of winning, severely. A vote for Joe Biden, I think, is misguided since Democrat votes will have all been decided before the vaccine has been widely distributed, and credit I'm solely due has been attributed. But in the run-up to this next big election, no need to wear masks as you wait for injection. Ignore what the scientists tell you to do, since nobody but me knows what's bestest for you. The CDC head, he's their top standard-bearer, made several pronouncements, all clearly in error. He's wrong on the timetable, wrong about masking. For his resignation, I may soon be asking. Despite all the deaths that we've seen, I keep praising the job that I've done. Nothing short of amazing. A vaccine means you'll have forgotten the harm, since my campaign is what needs this shot in the arm. <coughs> Trump participated in a town hall format on ABC and seemed woefully unprepared for it. Most notably, he contradicted his own voice on tape, saying in response to an audience member's question that he hadn't downplayed the impact of the virus, but had in fact upplayed it. He supplied vague or off-topic responses to a variety of questions throughout the course of the evening, and also during the week suggested separately evaluating his response to the pandemic between red and blue states. I call this verse downplayed and upchucked. Nothing more could have been done. 200,000 dead, not one for which the blame I will accept. At crises, I have proved inept. Who says I downplayed this cruel virus? Sure, less deaths might be desirous, but you'll never please the haters. Know who hates masks most? The waiters. I still say it's disappearing. That's not just electioneering. We'll develop herd mentality. That is my preferred reality. Bad cops choke when under pressure. Need reform? Of that I'm less sure. Law and order cops supply us with a dash of racial bias. Is our country great for blacks? Of course it is, except it lacks a history of equal treatment. Also shootings? Far too frequent. I'm president from coast to coast of all the land, well, 
maybe most. I'll give the red states this and that, but less when run by Democrats. Joe Biden said he'd mandate masks. Why hasn't he, your POTUS asks. The answer should perhaps be clear. He's not your prez. Until next year. Bill Barr had a very full week, denigrating in no particular order his own Department of Justice prosecutors, the right of people to peacefully assemble, several elected officials who he wanted to charge with sedition, and he referred to slavery as a method of restraint rather than the enslavement of a people. This poem is in Barr's voice and is called No Self-Restraint. Perhaps you've read or heard how I have recently expressed that lockdowns are a modern form of slavery, since stay-at-home commandments are a kind of house arrest. The current situation seems as grave to me. No question in my mind, of course, that slavery was bad. Just read the history books, where each black clearly has restraints bound on their person using chains in which they're clad. And while a lockdown's different, it's quite nearly as. Now, if you really think about it, Slaves could go outside and head to work while hungering for their release, a stark contrast to lockdown, forced within your house to hide while waiting for delivery of your pizza. Restricting civil liberties, the greatest of intrusions, unless, of course, you choose to protest peaceably supporting Black Lives Matter, then your rights are an illusion. We'll break up those assemblies most egregiously. The Black Lives Matter people use dead bodies as mere props, a number which I clearly underestimate. I said less than a dozen. Last year, hundreds killed by cops. Because I make that blunder, tensions escalate. I've said no room for politics within judiciary, and yet the actions I take are corrupted. With Trump, not average citizens, as beneficiary, no wonder pandemoniums erupted. Shocking news on Friday evening that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who seemed poised to bounce back yet again from her latest health crisis, instead succumbed to cancer. She made a statement using her last breaths expressing her fervent wish that she wouldn't be replaced until a new president is installed. Well, Mitch McConnell barely took a breath before making clear how he intended to proceed. So here's a take on his approach. Again, here's one in Mitch McConnell's voice called Notorious R.I.P. Even though Ruth Bader Ginsburg had been gone barely an hour, I did not waste time to make it clear I'm holding all the power. While I acted with the same haste when responding to Scalia, then, instead of saying welcome, I told Merrick Garland, see ya. The position that I'm taking now is an absolute reversal of the stance I took the last time, best remembered as inertial. Since Obama was a lame duck, I spent all my time deriding his attempt to fill the slot and blamed a rule named after Biden. How ironic that it's Joe who is now running to be POTUS and must come up with a list of justices who say, promote us. The Supreme Court and its makeup once again become political, so I don't care if my change of heart makes me look hypocritical. Trump put out his list already, and he really ran the gamut. Now it's up to me to pick one we can pass so I can ram it down the throats of all the Democrats now serving in the Senate. I'll draw up the nomination just as fast as I can pen it. If we shoehorn in a Trump choice, 
than the court tilts six to three of conservatives to liberals. That sounds like bliss to me. It's my mission to ensure Dems won't be hunting with that dog. I'd say that even if their party sweeps, this move will leave them hogtied. That wraps up this week's edition of the podcast. Clearly, the opening on the Supreme Court will have a significant impact on the remaining campaign period before the election, perhaps providing the distraction Trump so desperately needs to move focus away from his horrendous response to the coronavirus and, you know, pretty much everything else he's done. The election's just been turned up to 11, so tune in again each week to hear my rhyming insights into the latest developments. Thanks for joining me this week. Let your friends know about the podcast and the Trump poems, and please stay safe and healthy. 